This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, June 1st, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Streetcars remind us of bygone times, and that's a good thing. Streetcars have a poor record of promoting urban revitalization. Buses, though not quite as sexy, are a much better deal overall. So says Randall O'Toole, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. In Who Framed Roger Rabbit, there's a great conspiracy to one, destroy Toontown, two, replace uh, streetcars with highways, uh, with a freeway specifically, and uh, Eddie, the uh, main Bob Hoskins in in, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit says, why would anyone get in their car and drive on a freeway when they can take the red line for a nickel. I think that's the line. Uh, how does that story fit here? Well, there is a, a, a myth that there is a streetcar conspiracy that General Motors bought up all the streetcar companies and changed them to buses to force people off the streetcars and force them to buy cars, uh, the assumption being that buses were worse than streetcars. The reality is that buses were so much more flexible and efficient than streetcars that streetcar companies all over the country changed from streetcars to buses as fast as they could. General Motors took advantage of this by buying a handful of those companies as they were changing from streetcars to buses, but it didn't order them to change streetcars to buses. In fact, uh, some companies had actually bought new streetcars for them because that's what they were doing, and they continued to operate streetcars until General Motors sold the companies. Yet there is a streetcar conspiracy today, and that's a conspiracy of of, uh, streetcar builders and designers who are working together with politicians to try to uh, persuade taxpayers to build new streetcar lines in this country. And the uh, bait is the claim that if you build a streetcar line, it will lead to economic redevelopment of your uh, blighted downtown. And uh, the reality is that building that line will do nothing for your blighted downtown except for waste taxpayer resources and, and make make people more reluctant to go downtown because it's going to cost more to be there. Now, what what is the argument, though, for uh, bringing streetcars in? Now, I, I've heard arguments about light rail, uh, that flowers will bloom alongside the tracks uh, up up and down the corridor that, that you use to build the light rail. What's the argument for streetcars revitalizing a downtown area? It's the same thing. And Portland, my former hometown, is the leader in this argument. They built a streetcar line and opened it in 2001. And over the next five years, along the streetcar line, they got about uh, $1 billion worth of new development. And the streetcar line originally cost $55 million. They said, look, we spent $55 million and we got a billion dollars of new development. If you build a streetcar line, you can get that in redevelopment too. What they failed to mention was that they gave developers along the streetcar route more than half a billion dollars in subsidies to do that redevelopment on top of building the streetcar. And the streetcar went in and out of subsidized districts, what are called in Oregon urban renewal districts. In one of the urban renewal districts, they spent $450 million in subsidies on development and they got about a billion dollars in new development. Outside of that urban renewal district, they spent nothing on subsidizing redevelopment, and they got $17 million of new development. So the $55 million streetcar line did not generate that new development. It was a half billion dollars in subsidies that generated the development. But they never mentioned this. 
And the chief conspirator was a Portland City commissioner who resigned midterm in 2002 after the streetcar was done and took a job with a consulting firm, traveled all over the country and went to cities like Cincinnati and Tucson and Atlanta and Dallas and said, if you build a streetcar line, you can get all this new development and never mentioned any of the subsidies that he himself had voted for and in some cases actually proposed the city do. And now cities all over the country want to build and are building Tucson, uh, Dallas, Atlanta, and Cincinnati receive federal funds to build new streetcar lines. I recently visited Phoenix, and they've got uh, rail lines running through their downtown area. Uh, and while I was in Phoenix, I went to a Diamondbacks game. I was able to park less than a block from the stadium for $5. And it just seems very odd to me that that people would, uh, in, the, in cities with that kind of density... It then does, it doesn't really make sense to me that you would run a fixed rail thing, a, a fixed route thing like you we have with streetcars. Well, the, you know, you mentioned that kind of density, and Phoenix is a fairly low density city. But uh, what kind of density does do you need to have for rail to make sense? Manhattan has some of the highest densities in the United States, and yet the subways lose uh, uh, forty cents for every dollar. Uh, and they, they, there's no money coming in to pay for maintenance, and there's no money coming in to build new ones. So uh, it's a big money loser. There's no density in which rail transit really makes sense. Buses can move a lot of people. You can buy a double-decker bus for $750,000 and have 85 seats on that bus. A streetcar that costs $4 million has 31 seats. And so that double-decker bus can move far more people. And you can run double-decker buses through a downtown area with every minute. The streetcars, for safety reasons, have to be separated by three or four minutes apart. So the double-decker buses can actually move five, six, seven times as many people per hour as your streetcars. Peter Rogoff, the administrator of the Federal Transit Administration, appointed by the Obama administration, uh, realized that our transit systems are have a huge maintenance backlog. And he said to transit agencies, why are you asking the federal government to build, help you build new rail lines when you can't afford to maintain the ones you've got? He said, paint is cheap. Rails are very expensive. Just take a bus, paint it a special color, call it a special bus, and you'll get as many new riders as if you build an expensive rail line. And that's true. My, my former hometown of Eugene, Oregon, uh, which is 100 miles south of Portland, my other former hometown, uh, painted a bus bright emerald green, commemorating the University of Oregon ducks, and uh, called it a EMX. And it turned out it was no faster than the previous buses, but they more than doubled bus ridership on that route. And the people who are riding it think they're getting there faster. 60% of them say, say it's faster than the previous bus, when in fact it's the same amount of time. In 2003, Portland Congressman Earl Blumenauer convinced Congress to pass a law to fund streetcars. It was called the Small Starts Law, and it provided up to $75 million in funding for cities to build streetcars. But the Federal Transit Administration under the Bush administration passed rules that said that cities had to prove that streetcars were more cost-effective in moving people than buses. Well, they aren't. They're never going to be more cost-effective than buses. So... The only city that ever got money under that fund was Portland because Portland has uh, Congressman Earl Blumenauer. 
But uh, other cities want to get money out of that fund. And so the Obama administration is changing the rules to say that you only have to show that a streetcar will make your city more livable, not that it'll be cheaper than a bus. And so cities today all over the country are preparing their applications. They're lining up to get this money as soon as the rules are changed. We have Milwaukee and Austin and San Antonio and Madison and a whole bunch of other cities are going to be ready with their hands out as soon as the rule is changed so that uh, they can start getting building new streetcars too and they can become 19th century cities just like Portland. Livability is a uh, buzzword when it comes to uh, development uh, of any of any kind really. What does that mean when – uh, these bureaucrats say it. Uh, our Secretary of Immobility, Ray LaHood, says that livability means that if you don't want to live with a car, you don't have to. In other words, livability means that if you don't want to pay for your own transportation, the government will pay for it for you uh, by providing you not just with a bus that's relatively inexpensive, but with a train because uh, you wouldn't want to lower yourself to ride a double-decker bus when you could ride a streetcar. So the government will pay through the nose so that you can live without a car, and somehow that's supposed to be more livable. Randall O'Toole is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work on land use planning and transportation at our website, cato.org.